Hi, this is Carrie from Unsafe Space. Um, I wanted to do just a quick video about some thoughts that I've been having um, in the wake of this coronavirus shutdown <laughs> and uh, the way that people are responding to it online. It might be better if I were to write this out, but I've gotten accustomed to doing the videos, so I'm going to try and do a video instead. Um, I've... I've I've just noticed um, a shocking amount of blindness to people's own biases in the way that they're responding to, um, let's say, Trump in particular. Let's just take Trump as an example. Um, there are some friends of mine who, it's almost as if he can't do anything, he can't do anything right. He's damned if he does, he's damned if he doesn't. So, um, one friend, for example, was criticizing his comments about talking about opening up the, uh, trying to open up the country, the country in a couple of weeks, like evaluating where we are in a couple of weeks. And she attacked him for saying this. And, and I was thinking about it later and I know I know in my gut, I just, I know that if Obama were president and Obama were saying, let's evaluate where we are in a couple of weeks and see if we can open the country up because, like Trump said, because um, there are multiple facets to this, this uh, crisis that we're in. It's not just the virus itself. It's also the impact of economic shutdown. And he rightly pointed out that suicides go up, which we know they do. There have been studies that have proved that suicides go up during economic depressions. Um, there are, we have record numbers of unemployment claims as of today. I think we broke a record. There are countless people at home who don't know how they're going to pay their rent or pay their bills or pay their mortgage. Um, you know, to discount that, which is what this friend was doing and what the friends on her wall were doing, and just to use it to attack him as if that's somehow wrong to say we should reevaluate where we are in two weeks, that's absurd. And if it were Obama saying it, I know these people would have no problem with it. And they are seemingly blind to that kind of uh, bias. They can't stop and say, wait a minute, they can't give him the benefit of the doubt ever. No matter what he does, he's wrong. And, and I wanted to address that because... I watched um, Mike Cernovich's documentary, Hoaxed, which if you guys haven't seen it, he just re-released it. I think it's on Amazon now. And it's a great documentary. You, It's one of the best films I've seen in a long time. And it's, it's just about uh, the media and how the media spins narratives. And it's really illuminating. Um, and anyway, I watched that when it first came out on Hulu. But then recently I watched on YouTube, you can watch some of the full interviews unedited that he did with some of the uh, guests on the documentary. And I watched the interview that he did with Scott Adams. And Scott Adams is a person who I find, I think is really insightful. Uh, like Cernovich, he's not swayed by partisanship. Um, he's a person who at times is anti-Trump and at times is pro-Trump. He's not uh, beholden to any particular party, which makes both of these guys really hated by people on both quote-unquote sides because everybody wants to know, what tribe are you in? You know, what party are you in? And um, I actually look for and, and, and find value in the people who are not 
just mouthpieces for one particular side or ideology. I like the people who are evaluating things and will say things sometimes against this person or this party and sometimes for this person or this party because that's more honest and that's what people like my friend are unable to do. They're, it's just anti-Trump 24-7. Um, they'll never give him anything. And so anyway, I watched this long-form interview with Scott Adams on YouTube, which I highly recommend. And he was talking about this concept of, which he's talked about before, and he talked about in the documentary, of two of how we are so polarized right now that there's like two movies playing out. And people are watching one of these, most people are watching one of these two movies. And he kind of touched on that in relation to this idea that um, people are unable to recognize their biases uh, when it comes to Trump. And so he was talking about how in 2016, when Trump won, there, uh, there were a lot of people on the left, which is where I was and am, although I'm not a leftist, I, I am a liberal, um, but not a, not a leftist and certainly no longer an SJW. Um, but anyway, there were a lot of people like me who, when he won, underwent uh, cognitive dissonance because we were convinced that Hillary was going to win and we had bought into the narrative, the movie, that said that Trump was a demagogue and he's literally Hitler and he's going to destroy the world and get us into world war or otherwise ruin everything and he's a you know white supremacist and he's a misogynist and he's just ultimate destruction right like chicken little I believed all of that stuff um, and so when he won those of us who were completely ensconced in our leftist echo chamber and had no idea that it was coming um, underwent a kind of uh, a tearing down of our narrative, a tearing down of the movie we had been watching. And and then when that happens, when something, you know, he was saying, and, I, and, and it's no small thing, you know, I'm not making light of it for these people, it's a very real thing, it's a very triggering thing to have your entire narrative, your worldview come crashing down in a single instance. And so there's a couple, there's two different paths, roughly, there's two different paths you can take after something like that. You can go on the long journey of trying to figure out what happened and to search for truth wherever it leads you and to try and shed your biases as best you can and to really understand. Um, and even if that means having to raise your house, your house of belief, your ideology is like a house, having to raise that to the ground, which is a shattering thing, and to rebuild it. And that's what I did. And it's been, you know, several years, a long journey doing that. But it is a treacherous path. And it is probably the path less taken. Um, the other path, which it seems most of the, my friends on the left took, not all, but most of them, and like the friend I'm talking about earlier, took um, is to say is to be shaken right but then say okay I'm gonna instead of discarding this movie that I have that I've been playing out in my head this narrative instead of discarding this this ideology or this this way of looking at the world um, this movie I'm gonna keep it and I'm just gonna alter it a bit I'm gonna say no the movie's right he's still gonna destroy the world and he's still a demagogue and he's still um 
you know, the ultimate evil and ultimate racist and sexist and he's going to ruin everything. And to still keep that movie and say, and all of you people who voted for him are also like that. And that's what most people on the left did, and, which I think is unfortunate because it's not going to help us win in 2020. And I recognized that pretty soon after the election was because I was baffled as to why people on my quote-unquote side didn't seem to want to understand why he won. But to me, it seemed logical. If, you don't, if, if we don't understand why he won, then we can't beat him in 2020. That's where I was at right after 2016. Was being, I was very intent on beating him in 2020. I'm in a different place now. <laughs> I'll say that. It's been a few years. Um, but, um, but anyway, so most people took that path. And so they, they keep the movie. They keep the movie that they're watching. And they just tweak it slightly and say, okay, I didn't expect that he would win, but he won because all of these people are evil. All these people who voted for him. And then everything that happens, it, it has to fit into that movie that they already have in their head. So when he says something very rational, and, and not everything he says is rational, I'll give you that, of course it's not, but you should be able to tell the difference and to evaluate things independently, but they're not. It's like when he says something rational, like in a couple weeks we should evaluate where we are because this is unprecedented in terms of shutting the country down and because of the massive impact this is going to have on people. He's not talking about on money. He's talking about on people, people's lives, people's livelihoods, people's families, um, people's, uh, you know, living, housing situation, their ability to make ends meet. We need to reevaluate where we're at in a couple weeks with the virus and with the economy and, and go from there. When he says something rational like that, they have to put it in their movie. Trump can't suddenly be um, someone who says something that makes sense. He has to be this evil demagogue they've cast him as. And so immediately they criticize it. They jump on it. Um, and it's, they are incapable of looking at him without the bias of that film that they've that they've set running in their head. And that, listening to that interview with Scott Adams, listening to him talk about that really helped me to understand a little better why it's hard to have rational discussions with the people who have bought into this narrative and bought into this movie um, because they're committed to the movie playing out. And so then that started me thinking about just the virus and the future of America and where we're headed and... Um, and, and I wanted to say this, <laughs> it's, it's almost as if some of you have been, you're unable to stop and look at your own motivations and your own dark desires because you're committed to this movie. Um, some of you want everything to fail. You want mass destruction. You want uh, mass death. You want the economy to be destroyed and for people's livelihoods to be ruined. And you don't want us to come back in a couple of weeks or a couple of months because you hate Trump so much. And you're so committed to this movie, that, this belief that you have about him, that it's turned you into a monster. It's like that Nietzsche quote that I've been coming back to for a couple of years. Be careful fighting monsters lest you become the monster you fight. It's turned you into someone who is wishing for darkness 
because you hate him so much. You don't want anything he says to be right. You don't want to give him any credit for anything, for any good. I think he's made plenty of good decisions and plenty of bad decisions. And I wouldn't wish that job on anyone. I wouldn't want his job. And you're unable to give him anything because you wish for his destruction so badly that you wish for the destruction of the country and of your fellow Americans and of your neighbors and of your friends. And that is a dark, a darkness that, um, that if left unchecked and evaluated, um, I think threatens to change you into something monstrous. And so I just wanted to say that because I, I don't know how to put all of that into a Facebook comment. <laughs> um, and then I also wanted to say something specifically to Christians because I'm a pretty recent Christian and I don't talk about it a lot because um, I have this belief, which I know is false, but I still, I struggle with it. This belief that I don't, who am I to say anything, right, to Christians or about Christianity because I feel like there's so much for me to know and to learn. But um, but I will say this because this friend is a, is a Christian and I've seen lots of people who claim to be Christians and I'm not saying they're not, I'm just saying what they they self-identify, they say they are Christians, who have let this hatred, who have let this uh, movie, this narrative that they're playing out in their heads overtake them. And, and specifically to Christians, my question is, why are you intent on looking at this crisis through worldly eyes? Because... Why, why aren't you looking at it to see God's hand in it? I don't understand that. God, God's hand is in everything that happens, is the way I understand it and the way I believe and the way that I feel. Um, I've personally been through several different trials in the past, well, throughout my life. But specifically, let's say, in the past year, and being a Christian and having going through those trials is different because it gave me the ability to step back and say, what is it I'm supposed to be learning? Why is God allowing this to happen? It's not punishment. Um, I don't view it as punishment. I view it as this awful thing is happening to you because, because I love you and because there's something that you're supposed to learn from this. And you haven't learned it yet, sweetheart. <laughs> and so you're going to go through this again. And I'm here. And maybe this time you can step back and evaluate and figure out what it is you're learning so that you don't have to go through things like this again or this particular lesson again, right? So that's happened with me in my personal life. So when I look at in a personal crisis or personal struggle, right? So when I look at a mass crisis, like what we're going through in the U.S. and in the world right now, I tend to look at it in the same way I looked at my personal crisis, which is what are we as the world supposed to learn right now? Like what are what are what lesson is God teaching us, allowing us to be taught? And it's not punishment. I, again, just like with personal struggles, I don't view it as a punishment. I view it as an opportunity to learn something and to grow closer to God. Um, I've been listening to this uh, preacher on YouTube a bit, uh, Marcus Rogers, and he was talking about how this is happening from his 
point of view. This is happening because God is humbling us as a country and humbling us as a world and allowing us to be at home to grow closer in our faith and grow closer to God. And, you know, we don't have the distractions of sports or um, all the celebrity idols that people worship. And, you know, nobody's paying attention to them right now. Everybody's consumed with the here and now for once, you know, consumed with the here and now, which is a good thing. And um, you can use this opportunity. If you're a Christian, again, if you're not, this isn't even applying to you. I'm not trying to convert you. I'm not, I'm just speaking to people who believe what I believe or, or who, who I think believe what I believe, um, that this is, this is an opportunity and this is an opportunity for learning and for growing. And I don't understand the Christians who are intent on primarily viewing it through the worldly lens of everything being about this Trump movie, an anti-Trump movie that they're watching. That's not what this is about. So um, I guess I guess that's all I wanted to say. I just wanted to try and articulate those thoughts because I've, they've been tumbling around in my head and I've had trouble putting them in order and figuring out um, exactly what it was that, that I felt was missing in some of in some of the commentary and the reactions and the responses that I've seen um, from people, those who are not Christian and those who are. Um, but anyway, I hope everyone is doing okay. That, that uh, during, you know, this apocalypse <laughs> that we find ourselves in, uh, that's a joke. I don't think it's the apocalypse, but um, uh, during these interesting times, I hope everyone's doing okay. And Thank you for letting me do this brief little sharing of my thoughts and to help me straighten them out. And maybe they helped straighten something out in your head as well, hopefully. Um, if you like the video, please like and subscribe and I'll talk to you guys later.